Hi, listeners, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Be Kind and Listen podcast. This is your host, Jess. Thanks for joining me as we show kindness to others by listening to their stories of heartache and grief. Today's guest is my friend Kate. We met about a year and a half ago when her family joined our church. Thank you so much, Kate, for being willing to share your story today. Thank you, Jess. I'm excited to share my story um, in hopes that it helps others. I think the best part to start would be the summer of 2010 when we first moved up here to Louisville, Kentucky. Um, That fall, my mom came up to visit for the first time, and we were able to hear Stephen Curtis Chapman and his wife share their story. My husband was able to just stay um, through about part-time, um, halfway through, and during intermission, he texted me that he had stopped by a table um, that had information on adoption. And to be honest, I was not excited about it. Um, I just sent him a little smiley face text, like, okay, and um, went on our way. So my mom stayed for about a week, and then I went back to work. I'm a NICU nurse and worked night shift with Um, close to 200 um, women and in that size there was several of them that were pregnant and having children I was invited to their baby showers and while I was excited it really amplified the lack of my ability to conceive so I found myself at Target buying I think my eighth baby gift in about four months and I really I laugh now but it, it seemed like everybody at Target was pregnant including the men that worked there Um, And as I was walking out, checking out, I could just feel the tears welling up so much. I needed to hurry and get out because I was about to embarrass myself and got in the car and it's not even two miles from my home. I couldn't make it home. I was so upset and I just knew I needed to do, do business with the Lord. So I pulled over and I just told the Lord, I just, I needed to confess. I just felt so unloved and bitter and angry invisible. I felt like I was being punished. Um, Just so much. And I think that people that knew me would not say those things about me, but I knew inside these were um, things I was struggling with and just crying out to him and confessing all these sins, basically. And at the same time, as sharing this is how I felt, I also just felt my heart flooding with truth that his thoughts towards me are precious, that they outnumber the grains of sand and his um, love for me is not based on me having a child or getting my way, that he formed me in my mother's womb exactly how he wanted me to be, and this was his plan, and I um, just came to a point where I just told him that no matter what, whether he gave me a child or not, I just, I just wanted to please him and live for him and glorify him, and that was such a sweet, tender moment for me to just put a stake in the ground and know that again, regardless of what happened in the future, that my faith was strong in the Lord and that it wasn't based on what I wanted or what I did or didn't have. So fast forward a couple months, um, it's Easter Sunday. I had worked the night before and the church we attended had several services. So we decided to do the two o'clock in the afternoon service. Um, So when we walked in, we were handed this folded piece of paper that had basically four little cutouts in it. Um, And our pastor did a wonderful sermon at the very end. He said, I want you to take out that folded piece of paper. And I'm going to get emotional here every time I share this story. Um, He said, the very first blank, I want you to put your name. 
the second blank, I want you to put something that you really enjoy doing or just love. The third blank, I want you to think of something that you're maybe going through that's very hard or a sin or a conviction. And the fourth blank, I want you to put your greatest dream. And I was like ugly crying as I was doing this. So I put, my name is Kate, that I loved to run. I was training for a half marathon that, that was coming the next week. Um, and the third blank, I put that my biggest struggle was being diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome and endometriosis, which caused infertility at the age of 29. And what was amazing to me, the very last blank, when I put my greatest dream, we had been trying and trying and trying to conceive. And for some reason, I did not put that down. I put that I really desired to be a mom. So I wrote all this down, and when we opened it up, it was basically a letter from the Lord, just saying that he formed Kate, and that he loves watching me do the things that he created me to do, such as running, and that he was there when I was diagnosed with PCOS and endometriosis, and he knows my heart's desire is to be a mom, and I just lost it in the service and just realizing that he died for me and that his plan for me is good and for his glory. So a few hours after that, we had had a little Easter dinner, just the two of us, and I was in the middle of painting some of our kitchen cabinets, and my sister-in-law called from Atlanta. So this was nothing unusual. She was also training for a half marathon, and we would kind of chat every week about how we were doing, and I asked her if I could put her on speakerphone because I had wet paint on my kitchen cabinets. So we chatted for a little while, and all of a sudden she said, actually, the, the real reason I'm calling is because there's a baby here in our NICU. She's a practitioner there, and she said that um, she's available for adoption. And were we interested? And it really took my breath away. My husband and I had not even thought about adoption, really. We had not filled out any paperwork, contacted an agency, and... My initial response was, well, we're, we're going to need to pray about it. But I knew in my heart that this was of God. So the next morning I contacted an agency and began the process of what I thought would be months and months of filling out paperwork, because that's what you hear about when families go through the process. But we had everything completed in just about a week. And six weeks later, the birth mom sat down with our profile and several others and chose us. So the morning that the birth mom was selecting us, I was just a nervous, nervous wreck and went for a run that morning and just prayed through the whole thing, came back as we awaited the call. And I'll never forget, we were down in the basement when the phone rang and the agency told us that we had been selected. And I literally, after getting off the phone, just kind of sunk to the floor and just started sobbing and sobbing. and. The verse that came to mind was um, in Psalm 23 when David says of the Lord that his cup overflows. I felt like my cup was so overflowed with love. I could not hold it. I could not grasp or contain it. It was so much. I literally kept telling the Lord, stop loving me so much because I knew in my heart leading up from the time I was diagnosed with struggles with infertility till then that I had struggled. I had not trusted him the ways that I wanted to, and yet his faithfulness far exceeded my faithfulness to him. 
that how could God love me so much despite my bitterness and anger and, and thoughts of being just invisible, that he would still entrust a child to us and in a way that was so quick compared to what other families had to go through and, and wait and pray and wait to be selected, that he had had Brooklyn already in mind for me despite, um, I think, just my perspective and outlook up until that point. There are so many things throughout the process of this adoption that I can point to his faithfulness. Um, just one quick example is since we weren't preparing to do an adoption, we weren't saving the money for it, and it just so happened that year in 2011, there was an adoption refund of like $13,700, and that was the exact amount that her adoption was. I mean, that is just huge. What a blessing and just so intricate of the Lord to already know that ahead of time and just again prove his faithfulness. So I just hope that this is an encouragement, just a small example, a portion of my story for those that either are struggling with infertility or you may not, you may just be sitting in a place where you feel unseen by the Lord and you feel like or think that those around you um, are being blessed or, or are getting the desires of their heart. But I can sit here and just honestly say from experiential knowledge that he is working everything out for our good and ultimately for his glory. And adoption from my story is just such an encouragement to really see the gospel that while he chose Brooklyn for our family, for those that are believers, he chose you and he sought after you and he fought for you and he died for you. And what a beautiful picture that has aligned from somebody like me who didn't even want to adopt to see the gospel in a new light all because he didn't give me initially what I wanted. Um, I would not trade infertility for anything or the, the story of how he has um, been faithful and walked so closely with me for anything in the world. I'm so grateful for the thorn in my side, basically. So I hope that this is an encouragement just to your listeners, um, for those of you that might be sitting in that ditch right now, that, to know that you are not alone and that you are seen and that the Lord has a beautiful, perfect plan ultimately to bring him glory and to bring you closer to him. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Kate. Brooklyn's adoption was just the beginning for Kate and her husband, Joel. They now have five beautiful children through the miracle of adoption. And thank you, listeners, for taking the time to be kind and listen. Join us on our next episode as Carol shares her journey through breast cancer with us.